How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Bucks, presented by BrewHoop.com. Frank Madden and Eric Name joining you on this Monday. And Eric, we didn't have a game over the weekend. We're waiting for Wednesday season opener. But uh, I have to say, I mean, I'm always kind of excited for the regular season, but I am really excited for the regular season. How are you feeling? I cannot wait for the regular season to start. I've... I don't think very subtly mentioned this in posts throughout the week, but I'm tired of watching fake basketball and would like to watch real basketball. Uh, just because in the preseason, I mean, you can like look at stuff and uh, it, I don't know. It's it's tough to know what's real, and I, I think that's what we're going to get into a little bit in this podcast. But it, it's always tough to try to figure out what's real, what's indicative of anything in the future, and yeah, I want real basketball. <laughs> I guess we always want more, right? In in June, we want summer league so we can see something. <laughs> uh, in September, we want preseason basketball because we have nothing. And in October, we want regular season basketball because we've been watching the stuff that doesn't technically count. And for today, I thought it'd be interesting to talk a bit about what we did see uh, in preseason and, and kind of look at it through the lens of um, – stats and both regular and advanced metrics that that we do have access to i mean we, we don't have you know obviously that we're always limited because our sample size is you know six games so not a whole lot and you've got you know minutes where guys are playing against non-roster guys from other teams versus sometimes they're playing against starters so you never want to make you know too much of the numbers that that come out of preseason but it is interesting to look at. It's obviously the only numbers we have for this team as it's currently constructed. Um, you know, as we've mentioned before, obviously, you know, we're not going to say that because of six games that one guy has completely turned around his ability to shoot when, you know, if he's had years of mm-hmm. not being able to shoot. But it is interesting to see young guys kind of see if they can make, you know, the next steps in their career. It's interesting to see new guys uh, and how they're used. Uh, and it's it's kind of funny. I look back at the recap of last year's preseason that I, I kind of looked at the numbers of last year. And uh, it was definitely interesting seeing that, you know, Giannis's per 36 numbers last preseason were 16.6 points, eight rebounds, two blocks, 56 percent true shooting and a PER of 18.2. And through 80 games of regular season basketball last year, um, his per 36 numbers were 17.2 points, 7.8 rebounds, 1.4 blocks, 56.5% true shooting, and 18.8 PER. So it was weirdly, um, I don't want to say predictive, but but a high degree of correlation between last season's uh, Giannis in the preseason and and the one that we saw in the regular season. And I guess the, the fun part is, or the encouraging part, is that we're obviously coming into the season with with high expectations for Giannis and Jabari. And when you look at the numbers, I mean, I, I was pulling together the per 36 numbers, you know, 
Jabari, 21.7 points. Giannis, 21 points. Jabari, 8.6 rebounds. You know, Giannis, almost seven rebounds and over five assists. Um, both guys shooting very well in true shooting terms, over well over where they were last year. Um, PERs of Giannis, 23. Jabari, almost 25. So I, I guess we can we can feel good about that, right? I mean, obviously it's not on its own indicative that we got a couple of all-stars waiting to happen, but um, certainly, you know, it's in keeping with the narrative of both guys taking a big step forward this year. Yeah, and I guess the thing with preseason basketball is that you don't necessarily have to completely purge yourself of enjoying things, um, even though at times I think I find myself trying to do that, that, all right, it's preseason, whatever, it doesn't matter, but there's no reason I shouldn't feel good about the way they performed. If both of them would have performed poorly i think maybe i would have worried a little bit uh but i uh, ultimately i would have said no it doesn't matter uh so it's the same thing with them being good i enjoyed it it was good it was good to see um i I think some interesting things the rebounding from jabari is is huge at least in my opinion um that if he is going to take a step as a player uh being able to pull down eight rebounds per night would be significant because rebounding wasn't something that he really did a ton of last season. So if he can rebound that way, that really helps out the Bucks quite a bit. Um, we didn't see quite the gaudy assist numbers from Giannis, um, but I thought he performed well, and I thought he was handling the duties of point guard. And, I mean, I think there's going to be some struggles during the season, and he's going to try to figure some things out. But uh, for the most part, I think thought it was I thought it was pretty overwhelmingly positive once we got out of like the first two games after that it was it was pretty smooth sailing for Giannis and Jabari was just dunking everything the entire uh preseason so hopefully those things hold true uh but yeah it it was really good to see those two guys kind of dominate and and if that's that's what the Bucks are about and I think both you and I think that's what the Bucks will be about going forward is those two guys it's good to see it. Yeah, both guys shooting around 52% from the field overall uh, per 36. If you pay, The interesting thing, the Bucks played at the slowest pace. We'll get to this in, in a moment as well for, for what it says about the team. But uh, statistically, they played at the slowest pace in the league in the preseason. So if you pace adjust the numbers further, you get an additional bump. But, you know, again, I mean, if you played a, small pa- a slow pace, then, you know, uh, we're not going to see these numbers magically inflate come regular season unless they speed up. But, mm-hmm. um, but it was interesting to see, you know, in terms of the threes, that's obviously another thing that people are obviously curious about. Uh, Jabari averaged, uh, per 36, 2.3, uh, triples attempted per game, uh, hit 0. 0.8. So 36%. So I think if, uh, you know, if you got to I'll those kind it. of numbers in the regular, yeah, exactly. If you got to those numbers in the regular season, I think we'd all be, um, you know, perfectly, perfectly fine with that. Um, Giannis was basically where he was a year ago, 25%. So obviously that's not great, but but his sample was a bit smaller as well. I think he uh, was three out of 11 or something. Well, actually, no, less than. But um, but he uh, you know he didn't he, you know I think I guess three out of 12. Um, so uh, not as uh, not as good, but uh, but a guy that that obviously you, you got to hope that he continues to shoot. And those guys obviously are going to need to you know. They can't just shy away from from the line. The eye um, test was not kind to Giannis in the preseason in his jump shot. No, no, and I guess it's like the you know kind of the plus or minus of it is that he, again he wasn't obviously teams were not playing him to shoot jumpers, but 
he still scored very efficiently. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jabari got to the line a, a bit more, uh, as we talked about in the last pod, 5.3 free throw attempts per game per, per 36. But, you know, that's not great. Um, Giannis, almost nine free throws per game, uh, or sorry, per 36, which uh, which obviously is sort of in keeping with his ability to just um, draw fouls uh, at, at a high rate. Um other than those guys, I don't know if did you see anything else from from those two that that was worth noting? I mean, we've talked about them a lot, um, but I, I think the one other thing, one other thing I'll say, so maybe I'll I'll, I'll put it to you with this. One of my I think predictions for the season, if if you ask me to say uh, make a prediction that I'm not that would be a I'm not going to call it a fearless prediction because I don't know how really gutsy that is. I'll I'll see how you respond, but um, I I think. I would take the Giannis and Jabari both average over 20 parlay at this point, especially with Chris Middleton out. I wouldn't have said that a month ago with Middleton healthy, but at this point, and based on what we saw in the preseason, I think that's very doable. 100% agree. Um, I, and I don't even know. We talked about that, what, two or three weeks? Or really, when I think when the Middleton injury first happened, we kind of discussed, well, now is it is it possible for both of those to go both of those guys to go 20-plus per game? And I think it is. And, I mean... <laughs> I think that speaks both to their talents and some of the playmaking scoring void uh, that has left with Middleton's injury because uh, there's just not a ton of guys that can put it in uh, on this Bucks roster. So they're going to have to do a lot of it. And, yeah, I feel good about 20 points per game from both of them. Uh, I think I might have said it before that they would do it, um, but now I'm, I'm feeling even more uh, brash and confident in uh, in that prediction. Uh, so that's in, that'll be uh, something to watch. I was going to say, again, it's preseason, and Giannis is figuring some things out, um, but the turnovers. Uh, 4.3 yep. turnovers per 36, I believe, um, if I'm looking at that right. And, yeah, the it's worrisome and i know there's a couple games where he got some strange travel calls and stuff like that but that kind of happens to Giannis because people don't know how to officiate this seven foot point guard that's doing all this stuff uh so i think those turnovers kind of tend to happen with Giannis, and four per game even in the preseason is uh is a little discouraging um i I think it speaks to him trying to figure out how to play point guard and how to do some different things uh but it that's not ideal uh five to four uh turnover margin uh or assist to turnover not great um so he's gonna have to clean that up um i don't know i don't think the organization's all that worried about it because i would assume they they feel well you're gonna have to deal with some mistakes as he learns how to take on a bigger role and he handles the ball all the time and he is just our guy so we'll we'll deal with that and i mean if you look around the league guys that tend to lead the league in turnovers are guys that have the ball all the time and are normally very good basketball players um so it'll be something to keep an eye on uh something i'm sure he'll try to clean up a little bit uh but a little bit worrisome if we're gonna say all the other stuff is good then that is a little bit worrisome yeah the interesting thing was that Giannis actually managed his turnovers very well i think he was under three per game after the all-star break last year despite Mm -hmm. the big bump in assists so He's done it in the past, uh, you know, managing those turnovers despite the increased uh, role in the offense last season. But we'll we'll obviously have to see because it certainly wouldn't be shy. I mean, I think if you didn't know that, you would say, well, 
you know, you're giving the ball to a 21 year old 611 guy and asking him to run the offense. I think you would expect a lot of turnovers. Yeah. And that's obviously an area where, where traditionally guys control a lot of improvement. But um, yeah, it will be interesting to see. I mean, if that's the downside of, of Giannis being the man this year that he averages 20 plus points and five or six assists and well, okay yeah, he averages, <laughs> yeah, I think we can live with that. Um, the other guy that I think really stood out just in terms of fit and role uh, is the guy who I think we would both agree is the other lock guy to be a starter. And why don't you talk about him first? Because um, while I, I think m- many people in Milwaukee will, will grow to, to love him, uh, I feel like you were you were very early on this, and, and you deserve to talk about this player. All right. Uh, Malcolm Brock. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Matthew <laughs> Dalvadova. Uh, he's, he's been wonderful uh, this preseason. And I think... I know I said it when he first signed, and I know I, it's kind of tough to think of him without thinking of LeBron, uh, just because obviously he he got to play with them, and I mean you always think of him just tagging along with LeBron and kind of playing in his shadow and benefiting from being around LeBron, and I think he's showed off a little bit that he's he's capable um, and doesn't necessarily need LeBron. Well, I mean, he has Giannis, which is nice, um, but it, he's very capable. Um, I know on Saturday night, we, I talked with Kid about it after the game a little bit, that Delvadova is very capable as the guy on the second side. So he's not going to be the one that starts a pick and roll, but he'll be the one that will throw a lob at the end of it, or he'll run the second pick and roll after Giannis has bent the defense a little bit. Um, so he's been very good in that role um i mean he's what is his assist numbers 8.8 uh per 36 uh this this preseason i can't imagine we're gonna see an eight assist matthew Dalvadova this season uh per game but i don't know if five is out of the question uh I, he's gonna get plenty of minutes uh he's gonna get plenty of opportunity uh to continue to work with Giannis and jabari and yeah, I mean, he's just a good basketball player. It's it's as simple as that. If if there's ever been a time in the last two to three years where you've watched a Bucks game and said, man, I hate when they don't make the extra pass. Well, you're never going to have to worry about that with Matthew Delvadova. And you'd say, man, I wish he would. I wish that guy would have hustled a little bit more. Well, you're never going to have that with Delvadova. And you'd say, man, I wish they could get their defensive rotations right. You're not going to worry about that with Matthew Delvadova. So, just watching him play basketball to me has been a joy. Um, he's he's a good basketball player, and I like watching good basketball players play, whether or not uh, they're super athletic and whether or not they have a a large margin for error. Because I would say Delvadova's is razor thin, but he gets the most out of his abilities, and yeah, he's he's been fun to watch. I don't really have anything to add on Delvadova. He's looked really good um, in sort of his mod, you know, from a very specific expectations kind of way. Uh, and again, how many other teams does he start for? I don't know. I don't know if he starts for any other teams in the NBA, but yeah. in Milwaukee, he's just a really nice fit. And um, not just because the way he plays off Giannis, but the fact that he obviously got to play defense and, and shoot threes. And those are things that are just essential for this team. So um, let's kind of move into some of the things which maybe have been less encouraging. Um you know, we talked about it the other day uh, in the recap of the Pacer game, the fact that the Bucks uh, sort of promises uh, from the preseason as far as how they would play. Um, granted, they made the same promises that every other team makes in terms of playing faster and shooting more threes, but they 
not only didn't really get faster or more three heavy, but they remain kind of really bad in both. Um, dead last in pace. And again, you know, as we described a while ago, pace isn't really like the be all end all mm-hmm. of, of playing up tempo. Um, you know, looking at, at fast break, um, you know, scoring and, and, and points allowed is probably better. I'd ra- I'd rather the other team play really slow cause you have great transition defense. Yep. Um, but I think as a shorthand, it, it is sort of, you know, interesting and does tell you something stylistically about how a team plays, uh, 27th in offensive efficiency, 27th in threes made 28th in threes attempted. Uh, so I guess not dead last. So, I mean, I guess you could argue there's some improvement, but, um, <laughs> definitely not a, uh, revolution in terms of how the Bucks are playing, and I mean, we talked a little bit about why that might be, and uh, you know, the the fact that if you want to play fast, you have to be running off of makes and misses, misses and turnovers. You you were describing last time, you know, it, it that's when every team can run, and the, I think the Bucks are are generally very good in mm-hmm. doing that, um, but they obviously don't tend to do that. That's that's not like in their brain. It's it's you know, it's very much not in their DNA to be pushing the ball off of a make. Um, so. I don't know. I mean, not to belabor this, we talked about kind of all these things a bit last time, but, um, you know, we also described it a few weeks ago and I think we thought they would shoot more threes. We thought they would play a bit faster this year. I think we were both unsure of exactly how much they would, they would do a both. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, does, does what we saw in the preseason, does that dramatically change the way you think about those things for the Bucks this season? Or I don't know. Do you still feel like, okay, we'll we'll see how they are in the regular season. Uh, I wasn't particularly hopeful that they were going to play uh, at a faster rate. I, or I guess I, I didn't really think it would happen. I, I knew that they were going to say those things, and that was great, but it just seems like, I mean, at this point, they just have to show me. Um, so I don't think it was particularly um, surprising to me. It was kind of what I was expecting. Uh, I do wonder... Uh, I think at least part of it is with Middleton out, I feel like Giannis's load is is just so so much larger. He has to do so much for this team that he's going to sit there and he's going to have to block some shots and he's going to have to do a lot of the rebounding and he's going to have to do a lot of the playmaking and he's got to do a lot of the scoring. And then on top of that, he's got to push the tempo and he's got to find a way to get the bucks more threes. And maybe he's got to shoot some threes himself. And there's just so much on his plate that I've mentioned in the comments. I don't know if I, if I was him, if I would necessarily prioritize pushing the tempo for him, it's good. He's good in, in transition. And obviously we've seen how dangerous of a scorer he is in those situations, but after a make, I don't know how much he's going to really want to push it because it would seem exhausting to me to play as many minutes as he's, he's going to play and be in charge of as many things as he's going to be in charge of. And and I guess part of when we have these discussions about uh, point forward and uh, primary playmaker and all those things, a lot of the times some of the part of them not bringing the ball up is that can be part of a break for them. Uh, they don't have to do that. They can just run up the floor and then catch the ball five or six seconds into the possession. And it doesn't seem like a lot, that, but I do think if you're going to prioritize pace and tempo, it is it has to be a very concerted effort by your point guards. And if Giannis is going to serve that role, well, I don't know how much he's really going to push it. And I, again, 
I don't know how much that upsets me because it seems like the other things are much more important for him. I, I would, I, if I had to choose between them playing a faster pace and them playing all their offense through Giannis, I, yeah, I'll take them playing all their uh, all their offense through Giannis. So um, it, it'll be interesting to watch. I'm not, I'm not really super worried about whether or not they're going to play at a faster pace. Um, and I don't really think they're going to play at a much faster pace. So um, we'll see. Yeah, I think, as we said about last year after the Ulster break, they they did score more in transition and, and didn't really allow more. Uh, and they were a plus, I think, three or something like that in terms of transition scored versus allowed. I think that's probably the, the most important metric, and I, I wasn't able to find that for the preseason numbers. Um, I know, you know, anecdotally, you know, in the last game, they were outscored, I think, 26-14 by the Pacers. And I'm guessing, based on just remembering some of the games, I don't think those numbers would look too favorable overall. Uh, but I think that's obviously an area where they, you know, if they're not going to beat teams uh, in in transition, then it's going to be very hard to, to beat them in half court, given the, the kind of tools they have. So here's the thing. Frank and I aren't the best at keeping our conversations short. Uh, we were aiming for a 30, maybe 35-minute discussion about the Bucks preseason stats. And you'll see on Brew Hoop that there is a, a post that also discussed some of the preseason stats that Frank put together. And, yeah, we failed. Uh, <laughs> we failed pretty miserably. It It did not end up being a 30 minute discussion ended up being about a 50 minute discussion. So that means there is a part one of our conversation, which you just heard. And there's a part two. So make sure you join us tomorrow for part two of our conversation of the preseason, what we learned. Uh, and that one will be focusing a little bit more on the bad, uh, the things that weren't quite as good in the preseason or things that might've disappointed us as we look forward to the season. So be sure to join us for that. Uh, be sure to tell some friends about lockdown bucks. If you, if you have anybody that's a bucks fan and they're trying to find, content trying to find other people that want to talk about the bucks send them our way uh we're gonna have this conversation daily so uh you might as well join in on it and we'd love to have more listeners more people interacting with us on twitter at brew hoop and at eric underscore name we'd have more we'd love to have more people in the brew hoop comments section uh a ton of like-minded folks all discussing the milwaukee bucks so that will be it for us today and hopefully you'll join us for part two of our conversation tomorrow this has been locked on bucks presented by brewhoop.com